States of Guernsey has a very tough situation with regard to the hospitality sector. And I think it needs to see the hospitality sector as more than just the hotels. There's a lot of us getting impacted out here. And as we saw in December, where we could put events on, legally we could stage an event, but because consumers were so scared, no one came to them. So it was fairly pointless. Welcome to the Bailiwick Express podcast. My name is Matthew Leach. I'll be joined each week by a guest for a series of podcasts. Each will shine a light on topics from across the Bailiwick. The format will change week to week. We'll have debates, reviews, hot seat interviews and special guests. So stick with us as we offer some insight on some of the most important issues we in the Bailiwick face. The effects of COVID are ebbing away and the entertainment industry has plenty of catching up to do. Last year saw Alderney Week cancelled as well as a variety of events at St James. With 2022 looking more hopeful, I caught up with some of the organisers of live entertainment in Guernsey to get their thoughts on the future. We first met Alex Locke, one of the founders and organisers of the Guernsey Together Festival, who also owns Luna Bar, where we sat down to have a chat. It was our first one last year. It was yeah, our, okay. it was our debut festival we've never put anything of that scale on before yeah okay um we were discussing sort of around the christmas period just before that lockdown came in january yeah um about how it'd be nice to go to a festival next year but obviously we weren't going to get to go to sort of anything abroad um and the festivals that we've already got over here are great got Bella fair um, yeah chaos and stuff like that but we're um the music that we like we're quite commercially based um Bella fair and Chaos have got their their niche, so we said, well, why don't we put on, why don't we put something on? And it was sort of a, a, it was more of a joke to begin with, yeah. Okay. Um, and then, sort of after that, we thought about it. And we went, you know what? We could actually probably, we could probably do something like, yeah. You know, we've put on events at Fusion before. If we just scale that into something bigger, then maybe we can see if we can make something work. So we went out to all, um, we tried to use the best possible people on the island that we can, sort of like. Yeah. Um, we use Regency events, um, for all the event stuff, um, centre stage, um, Randall's for all the beer and stuff like that. Um, so we just went to all the, um, like the premium people of Guernsey that put on events and know what they're doing. I said, well, if we use the right guys, then we should have a winning formula, um, along with the bands as well. Um, and yeah, it was great. And did you know as soon as you, as soon as last year's was over then, yeah, you do it again. Yeah, well, when uh, the tickets went on, so the festival was in May, 20, uh, 29th of May last year. Um, tickets went on sale in March and they sold out in three hours, which we really didn't expect to happen. Um, and then it was sort of straight after that, we sort of went, hmm, <laughs> providing we nail this year and everyone enjoys it, which they did, and um, then we can look into next year. So I think about two weeks after the festival, finished and we packed everything away we already sort of sat down and went right what we're we going to do in 2022 <laughs> and so um what i mean what is there going to be anything different this time around what's the plan um so the site is slightly bigger um we've always said from the start that we want this festival to naturally grow rather than sort of getting big investors and pumping loads of money into it and it growing sort of at a rate that we can't keep up with so this year it has done its first phase of its natural growth so it's um we're looking at hopefully six thousand people this year last year we had four thousand um, we've added an extra stage in, um, the guys from BBC, um, BBC Introducing, we're working with them. Um, we're giving a platform to a lot of bands um, and artists that actually produce their own music. Um, so our main stage is sort of primarily for like, cover bands, 
um, and stuff like that. But we thought we needed to this year give um, a platform for people who produce all their own stuff um, to showcase their music. So yeah, there's that this year. Um, and we're just looking at sort of slowly increasing sort of like bar sizes, uh, a few tents are going to increase and put on a bit more entertainment for children and um, some more food vendors and stuff like that. But it's going to be the same, same concept, but just a bit bigger. And I mean, how much is the time? Because <laughs> you uh, um, own uh, Luna and as yeah, well as, I mean, um, how do you, it must be a mammoth task. Uh, well, I guess obviously because Luna and Fusion are open sort of with nighttime bars, we don't open in the day. Um, a lot of my day is taken up with stuff like that and if we're not ever busy sort of in the evenings I can just work on the laptop and get all the boring stuff done like the paperwork and all the behind the scenes things that nobody sees um, we get all that sorted um, but obviously the first one we had was it were we in lockdown for maybe two months? yes we had literally all of those two months just sat in my lounge my business partner moved in with me at the start of lockdown yeah we had all that time to just sit down and plan it and work it all out and so, when was it last year that you had it? When was the date that you had it? 29th, man. Right, okay. Yeah. So this time round then, you must have been... Was there a question mark over it, whether it was going to happen again? I know we've just come through a wave of Omicron. Well, was yeah. there a question mark there? I mean, we did look at it and we saw the cases going up and up and up and we thought, oh, I wonder if we're going to be in the same situation as we were last January. We go into a lockdown and we're sat there thinking, oh, are we going to come out of this before May? Um, but I think with everything that's happened with the pandemic and stuff like that, we were quite confident that A, the Guernsey wouldn't be put into a lockdown after everything that um, the CCA sort of released and stuff like that. Um, so we just carried on planning as if it would 100% happen. And obviously we made the right choice because here we are today and touch wood. <laughs> we're not in a lockdown and we're not two metres apart. So, Oh well, yeah, fingers crossed. I mean, it sounds like it's all going the right direction, but of course Guernsey together sounds like it kind of spawned out of this. Yeah, well, I, I, it, I, I suppose we sort of, we took the name from, yeah, from that, um, that period of, of the pandemic and the lockdown. Um, but it just worked because it was, it was literally doing what it said in the tin, it was getting Guernsey back together again, um, sort of after, after being in lockdown um, and getting all the bands and all the people of Guernsey yeah, into one place and um, sort of having the celebration. And I guess we're, at the moment, it's relatively positive. I mean, there's a lot of hope in the air about, you know, maybe this is kind of, we're seeing the back end of it in a way. I mean, I mean, how much does it mean to people to have live music to go and see properly? I think music is a massive part of people's lives, um, whether it be listening to it on Spotify or going to gigs. But I think we've noticed since coming out of, of lockdown that um, people sort of, they want to be entertained more, that the more events that are on, um, the more they seem to be supportive. Um, sort of prior to that, when we did, we've had events on here and we've attended other events. Um, people always seem to sort of like struggle a little bit selling tickets. But then, when we came out of that wave, you know, you had Vale Earth Fair that just it sold out twice in a row in 2020 and 2021. Chaos, um, I saw videos and stuff from Chaos, and that looked great as well. So I think people were just really eager to go and support a the bands that are playing and the people that are putting them on, but. They just like to be entertained and they like to have the live element of, of seeing the music and, and hearing the band. And Sark was, festival in Sark was massively Yeah, of course, yeah. Um, and that's, that's always been really well supported. But the tickets for that, they, they went they flew out really quick. And we've also got um, Mernfest as well, which um, they're on the same day as us. Um, and they were in the same situation where their tickets went in, in a matter of minutes. Um, I know it's a slightly smaller scale, but 
people were just really hungry to, to go and do something. Absolutely. And so, what does the future look like beyond, so we go through the next, your next festival, is, it, is this going to be a mainstay? So I think, it's, we're hoping, um, if people continue to support, support us, then, then yes, definitely. Um, like I said before, we want to naturally grow it, so I think we've sort of said over the next two or three years, um, sort of starting from next year, so maybe 2025 up to then, it will stay very similar to what we're doing now concept-wise and to numbers um, and still, you know, the plan is always to use a majority of local bands. Um, but we're just going to sort of see where it, where it takes us. Um, we haven't really got a solid plan in place to go right in eight years' time, you know, we're going to be at sort of the weekender phase um, like they are in Jersey with all these UK acts. We're quite happy with where we're at at the moment um, and I think people enjoy um, what we're doing at the moment so we don't see the need to change it. And it's a pretty good mix of, of, of local music and, and you've got a few UK acts as well. Uh, so yes, we've got 36 bands and DJs and artists in total. Um, so just three of those this year um, are from the UK. Um, three quite high profile tribute, tribute acts. Uh, so we've got a tribute to Madness, Oasis and Stereophonics. Brilliant. Um, but yeah, the rest, is, the rest is all local. The Guernsey Together Festival was born from the pandemic and the hunger people had for live music and community. Fortunately for the organisers, the festival went ahead last year. However, Alderney Week was one of many events that had to be cancelled. We spoke to this year's organiser Wayne Chandler to find out what this year has in store. So tell me about the, the, the story so far. I mean, it must have been a tough year last year not to be able to hold these events. Yeah, very tough. I mean, so for both both Oldie Week as well as Rock Rock, obviously we spent out lots of money and never sort of got anything back. So we've we had a bit of a rough one. We sort of spent more, you know, and didn't get anything back, unfortunately, as with most people, because we didn't know it was cancelled until sort of the, the last minute almost, you know. And so did that, I mean, were you, when it was cancelled, it must have thrown a shadow on the year after as well I mean you must be were you sure that you were going to be able to put on Alderney Week and Rock the Rock in, in, in 2022 um, we, we well we were hoping so and as things slowly started to ease we sort of started gearing up and thinking you know I reckon it's going to happen this year so you have to just go ahead and start planning because if it doesn't happen and you, or if it does happen you haven't planned it's too late isn't it so we've kind of you have to protect just assume it's going to happen and crack on I mean how much work goes into it oh loads absolutely tons and we've we've been having meetings and since the start of January and we've been on it already getting people organised with helping and trying to get prizes together and organising funds and all sorts and trying to get the programme together because things need to go out early so yeah it's quite quite busy already it's good though and so we've spoken to a number of other people who uh, who said that coming into this year, there's been a real hunger for people who want to go see live music. I mean, have you felt the same way? Definitely, yeah. We've got lots of people behind us. So everyone wants to see everything go ahead this year, for sure. Because obviously, with Olney, that week is Olney's sort of tourism week, if you like. So see a lot of businesses lost out on a lot of stuff because with it not happening. So they'd struggle if it didn't happen again, I think. So... We need to get it on, get the get the tourists back, get them enjoying themselves and spending some money in the local shops and bars and restaurants and things. I mean, if we expand on that, I mean, Alderney Week is one. It must be one of the most. It is the most important event of the year, surely. Oh, definitely. Yeah, it's the biggest thing for bringing people to the island is Alderney Week. And so you mentioned Rock the Rock at the beginning. Is he, am I saying it? Or is it Rock the Rock? 
is that? Rock the Rock, yeah. It's a charity concert we've we've been doing. Um, this is a tenth year now. Um, it's the, the Saturday before Old Week. Old Week starts the Monday on the first. We're, we Rock the Rock's the thirtieth on the Saturday. And we we bring bands over from England and Guernsey and places, and we raise money for the local uh, cancer relief and local sort of online um, on island charities and things. And so you say that this is the first year that you and your your wife have been involved in organising it. I mean, what's the history? Only week, yeah. Yeah. I mean, we've been doing Rock the Rock for like ten years. We've been involved in that. We've from the very start we were helpers at it, and then we eventually we took it over. Um, but this is our first year with a brand new team doing Old New Week. So were you lined up to do all... it last year? No, we were going to shadow them last year. It was, it was a range that we were looking at taking over. We didn't have a team together. It was just me and the wife at the time. And we were going to sort of shadow them just to get a, an insight into it, how it all runs and what you got to do. But, of course, we didn't get to do that. So we, so this year, the old team are gone shadowing us just to keep, you know, give us any information, any help they can, you know. Keep an eye on it, I suppose, to make yeah, sure it's going Yeah, because, right. I mean, obviously they've got knowledge of how things work, so we're just tapping into that to get things organised and different contact details and phone numbers and things, you know. So when was the last time an Alderney week was held? Uh, there was it, there was only last year was anyone was actually missed. The one before it was kind of done, but it was all a bit, you know, quieter if you like. But it went ahead. Yeah. Okay. And so it must be. Yeah. You must be putting a lot into into this one. What can we expect this year? Um, well, we've just announced the theme for it, um, which is the greatest show we've called it. So hopefully we can live up to that. Um, uh, unfortunately, last year a gentleman Ray Parkin died, and he sort of got Oldie Week to where it is. He he ran it for years and years and years originally, and he sort of made it what it is. And he was from a family of showmen originally, so we sort of named it the Greatest Showman, if you like, but called it the Greatest Show in his honour. So hopefully, we can live up to that. As far as live entertainment goes, you can't get much better than the dynamic and diverse output from St James. In recent years, the charity has provided an increased spread of talent for the community to enjoy, but it hasn't all been smooth sailing. Executive Director at St James, John Bisson, explains why. You know, we, we found ourselves in the worst of all positions last year because with uh, at least with 2020, we knew what was going on and there was good steerage. We understood so we could shut down and run quiet and, and save money. We're a charity. Um, we have very few permanent staff. We rely upon volunteers a lot. And so we also have got to watch our exposure. So when we book acts from the UK or, or things like that, the risk factor for us is very high. Um, so with 2020, we knew where we were. It was a local thing, and, and we went that way, and we were fantastically well supported by the local community. It really was a good year for us. Um, uh, 2021 with a sort of partial opening, what we had was huge consumer confidence issues. So, and we also had confidence issues from, from across the water. So some of the acts that we were booking to come over when the borders started opening up were having difficulty with coming over, some of the systems that were in place when they needed to come over. And we had a lot of cancellations from acts who, who just didn't, you know, either be bothered or they could make it work and so we ended up having a really really tough 2021 as we entered 2022 it's still quite scary with that spike over christmas but we saw consumer confidence increase quite dramatically in early january um, and we held our nerve and, and have, have managed to have three three really big events with local with off-island acts coming over um and 
I think there's still nervousness out there. It's difficult to tell because of dry January. You know, January is always a bit of a tough month. But, but but we've got some strong bookings, and I'm sort of holding steady as we go. It seems your sentiment seems to be shared by quite a few people we've spoken to who say there seems to be hope out there, and people are quite hungry to go out and see live events. Yeah, I mean, we spread a lot of demographics, you know, from the things like the gigs we hold, which are for 14-year-olds upwards. We're lucky to have an, an all-ages licence um, to the to, to the club nights, which are strictly 25 and over, um, where we attract majority of 35 and over and, and through to the mid-50s and 60s even. So we have a, a, de- a demographic which was uh, vaccinated, boosted, you know, took it seriously. And I think that we proved that late last year when there was still cases around and we, ha- we were holding events with 500 people in the venue and we weren't having any spiking cases we weren't having any track or trace afterwards um and so um uh um, we just had um a situation where where we were happy with that but i think the big spike over christmas made people very nervous and as we saw it was a very quiet christmas and, and not a lot went down so i think in that respect i don't know we were very happy in at the beginning of january when sales picked up again and so last year, did you have to cancel a number of events? Is that right? A lot of events. I mean, a lot of events middle of the year cancelled when we had that, that spike in the middle of the year. And then and then afterwards, um, as we ran into December and things were sort of rallying out of control, um, pretty much I think we had eight events, nine events cancelled. I mean, significant pain on the balance sheet. Um, you know, we entered 2021 in, in not a, as a robust position as we'd like to be. And so... How? What are we looking at this year? Is this a busy year for St James? Have we got a lot on? Well, the struggle we have is that, is that we're a community hub. We service a lot of people. We've, we've relaunched the um, the restaurant upstairs with a fantastic team from uh, which we're running Time and Tide in Sark, and they've come in and, and, and launched as Local and Wild now upstairs. And in the first couple of weeks, it's going well. So we're starting to see people come in the building again. But the problem we've got is we've only got three and a half full-time staff to run the event. So we've sort of got X number of hours a week that we can operate, but we've also got to have earnings north of £20,000 a month, you know, to, to break even and to keep the doors open. So it's a sort of chicken and egg. If we have more staff, we can run more events, but, it, but would we get people to come to them anyway? We have less staff, and so we have to try and run lean and mean and, and deliver what we can do with the people we've got. What we do have, though, is we have a lot of really keen, a lot of the events we run, the Sports Bike Show, Donkey Kong, a lot of live music shows, um, obviously a lot of the classical music. These are all volunteers and clubs and, and organisations who, who put the time in for free and we're not necessarily paying them to do that. Um, and that means that some events are viable. And, and, and that's, we feel, our role in the society, in the community is to, to run events like Duncan, which aren't commercially viable, or the Sports Book Show, which aren't commercially viable, but are important to the community where we could see a thousand people come through the door on a day. I mean, it's a, such an important thing to have live events, community events like this. It must be um, quite uh, a great feeling to be able to put them on for people. It is. It's, it's, it's really rewarding. And I think that... Um, uh, and, and seeing people do what they love, you know, it's always great when people come with passion and, they, and, 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 and you learn, you know, constantly. I mean, I, I didn't know much, so much about it. I thought I knew something about... Um, video gaming until I met the guys who run the Donkey Kong, uh, you know, we're on our fifth one of those now. Um, the sports bike show, oh, I've got a bike, I'm a bit of a petrol head, so, you know, I knew that people liked it, but 
when we saw some of the collections come out and people taking days bringing bikes here and polishing them up and getting them ready. You know, this is great. We're the largest venue outside of sports hall. You know, it's either both of you or us. And and we we sit here as a non-commercial organisation. And I think it's important that we, we take this on. I'm, I'm looking forward to hosting all sorts of events this year that we've got coming up with people coming from the UK and, and, and further afield because we've got enough room to, to, to host them. So it sounds like you're tentatively hopeful for 2022 and beyond. Do you feel like you've seen the back of potentially the tougher tougher times? <laughs> I'm not going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know, mate. I, I, I think that uh, it's such a divisive subject. And, you know, we all thought Brexit was divisive and then COVID came along to really show us. I mean, I think I think we've got to move forward with hope and and to think that we can make this work. I think that the, the the states again has a very tough situation with regard to the hospitality sector, and I think it needs to see the hospitality sector as more than just the hotels. Um, the, the, there's a lot of us getting impacted out here, um, and as we saw in December, where we could put events on legally, we could stage an event, but because consumers were so scared, no one came to them, so it was fairly pointless. Um, uh, that, that, that people like that, you know, we have a tough a tough time, um, and if we want to keep I think the biggest problem, actually, to cut to the chase, the biggest problem is, given the size of the population and given the number in, in education and the number of, of, of more elderly people, any any business over here is effectively marketing to 30,000 people. And that's a very small town in England. So for a venue, I mean, we often joke that we have to attract 1% of the public to an event to get a full house. Yeah, that's a fair and, statement. And, 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 and if we want to run commercially successful events to, 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 to allow St. James to survive, we've got to expect them to organise taxis, babysitters, and, and get themselves sorted out once or twice a month, 12 months a year. Yeah. And that's crazy. That, that's just not possible to do that. So I think not just St. James, but there are other entities within the island which we have the luxury of having, even though we're quite a small population. But I think that, that people need to look at it. It's not about telling the public to go and support this. Guernsey has a, a million charities and we, everyone supports everything fantastically well. But it's about, to some degree, the state recognising that, that that maybe if you want to have that, that sports hall or maybe if you want to have that organisation or maybe if you want to have that, that place where the symphony orchestras can go and play, that maybe you need to, to look at it as, a, as, as part of the mix in a, in a more sort of holistic way for the island. Do you feel that you're not seeing that way at the moment? We do get support, a small, about 10% of our turnover comes as a grant um, from the state. And, I, and I'm, I'm not criticising them from a perspective of, I know they have big, tough decisions to make with education. There's some big spends coming up. And as a taxpayer, I want the money looked after really well um, and, and, and to spend it very, very carefully. But I think when they look at the bigger picture stuff, when some of these larger studies and, and, and reviews are done, that that not just taking the charities for granted, but actually looking at what they do and what they add wouldn't be a bad thing because what you can get for very little money is a big win. Absolutely. Uh, and, see, and, yeah. and events and uh, organisations like yourself, it kind of spreads out, I suppose. If people are coming to watch a show, they're also spending money in town. Maybe they're eating dinner first as well. It kind of pushes out that oh, Absolutely. Kind of, like yeah. we're seeing in Mill Street with the new, you know, fantastic the visual arts thing that's going on in Mill Street. I think that's brilliant. And it's going to help drive 
Mill Street. And, you know, there, there again, there is a group of individuals who put their money, you know, in and made that happen. Um, and, and St. James was the same situation that contributed to, to the restoration and, and the development of St. James and have recently, you know, invested heavily in the building. It is their building. It is a state-owned building that we peppercorn rent off them. Um, and it's an asset for the island. Um, just as its physical structure beyond what we do within it. But I do think that, uh, I think we spend money on lots of different things. And I think that um, if your cost per head analysis works, and I mean, we've gone from 9,000 per year to, to, to over 40,000 per year footfall through the building, through the diversification of, of what we offer. And when you see 500 people in a comedy night laughing their heads off, you know, having a great time, and, and that was something that wasn't happening three years ago, then you've sort of got to say, well, there's demand. And you should be satisfying that demand. Absolutely. And it does enhance, it enhances our, all of us. You know, we had the most amazing gig on Saturday, Friday and Saturday evening here um, with some UK acts coming over and, and you know, people getting an opportunity to be inspired and entertained and, and walk away. And the bands love coming again. The other thing is that the, the comedians and the bands, all the people we bring over here love the vibe. You know, we get these comments that we don't have big barriers in front of between the bands and the audience and the comedians are within six foot whereas everywhere else in the UK they're in these large stadiums or large venues and and they really like that they're not mobbed and they really like they can chat to people and the quaintness of what they do over here so I, I think we're coming a destination that way it's a it's a good it's an easy win it's a good advertisement for the island that's you know don't need to, but if I, to put it in context when we first did our first comedy night it was Milton Jones and he was, he, we could afford him. We have a brilliant agent who does all our booking in the UK for us. And we could just about for him. There's a real, it's a real linear calculation. We sold tickets to this many people to, for this much and we have this much room. Therefore, that's how much money we can afford to pay a comedian, um, and still make a little bit of money on top. And they, um, he was the only one who'd come. But our booker's very canny and he, he got him over and then he, he knowing that Milton was going to a, a festival of comedy pretty much straight afterwards. So all the other people had turned us away. Immediately, Milton went back and said, oh, I stayed in this fantastic hotel, had a great time, there were really a nice bunch of people, it's lovely over in Guernsey. And suddenly we had this big chain of comedians coming at, coming at us at the reduced fee, almost half of what their published fee is. And then we were able to put on just a fantastic roster of comedians through 2019. And now we're getting it, you know, Dom Jolly approached us, or Magility approached us to come and perform here. So that's amazing. That's, that's incredible. And that's, that's a snowball effect, I suppose, that you want to maintain. Yeah. And so we've done that with that. And then, you know, and the importance of bringing these bands over here, we had a very heavy rock band called Pigs, Pigs, Pigs came over and yeah, they had Pigs, a really Pigs, good Pigs. time. That would have been amazing. I unfortunately couldn't see them. I missed that. Oh, right. It was absolutely astonishing. And they went back and then suddenly we had phone calls from, from really brilliant record labels like Bella Union in, in the UK discussing the venue and we've had all this support from Harmon JBL to put this beautiful world-class rig in here. So it was, it became a destination venue for them to come and perform and Penelope Isles are huge at the moment, A-list on, A-playlist on Six Music for the last year. Um, you know, they came out here for a few hundred quid. That's incredible. If you can maintain um, that. That's can... it. We just need to keep the ball rolling and see it. I mean, I think we see this as an asset that people love coming to Guernsey and, you know, all bit tourism is a small percentage of GDP for us. As, as a revenue stream for the island as a whole, um, it benefits the population in as much as we can we can bat above our average and have these top line performers coming in and performing in a 500 person venue when they performed in 2,000 person venue the night before and a 2,000 person venue the night after. Um, it enhances the you know the environment for everybody.
for listening to the Bailiwick Express podcast. The title track was Shift My Weight by Luno. If you enjoyed it, I know it's a pain, but please like and share. It all helps. And remember, you can hit bailiwickexpress.com to stay right up to date with whatever is happening in the Bailiwick. You can find us online, on social, on email, and on internet radio. There'll be more from me, Matthew Leach, and all the Bailiwick Express team next Friday.